Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode. Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage, a podcast focused in on the proof and work of teamwork, leadership, and culture within the United States and around the world, whether it's personal teamwork, whether it's working in your church or synagogue, or whether it's working with a group of youth playing sports. The concepts that we talk about here are often interrelated. So we're inviting people to join in, sit back and listen for about 35 minutes, because about 35 to 45 minutes each week, and you get an idea on what's happening in your world on teamwork, leadership, and culture. And by the way, just 30, that little bit of time each week, offer, we offer you impactful ideas that you can use immediately. Today, we're fortunate to be joined with us with a great author and a person, a woman who has been around the industry for many years and yet still very relevant in everything that she does. Dr. Beverly Kay is recognized internationally as a professional who is dedicated to helping individuals, managers, as well as organizations understand the practical how-to principles of employee development. Remember, we've got to get our folks developed and engaged, and that's where we're talking about, as well as engagement and retention. Her books and learning materials have stood the test of time, and I found this absolutely fascinating. Her best-selling book called Love Them or Lose Them, Getting People to Stay, is on its sixth edition. So you know if it's got six editions going, it has been around a while, and it's still very, very relevant. She also has been recognized by ATD, the Association of Talent Development, for her advanced knowledge and extensive practice across the talent platform and development fields. Amazing to work with that because that's where it all, is expression goes, the rubber meets the road. Her thought leadership and her contributions to the profession have stood the test of time. People are engaged and she is a sought after speaker and trainer all across the country. By the way, in 2019, seems like a long time ago, Beverly, uh, just before the pandemic, she was recognized by the Institute for Management Studies with its Lifetime Achievement Award. Beverly Kay, Dr. Beverly Kay, welcome to the Teamwork Advantage. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to have a little bit of fun today. And, you know, I like to start off with a little bit about you personally. Where did you grow up? Things of that nature. Let, let our listeners know a little bit about you and how you got to be this, this megastar in uh, talent development. Well, I certainly did not have that on my um, dream list growing up. It wasn't up. your bucket list item, huh? Well, on my, but was not. And uh, I grew up in New Jersey. So I am a Jersey girl, born and bred. And um, it's interesting. Um, as a Jersey girl, I thought I had only three choices be a secretary, a nurse, or a teacher. And um, and nothing had, wrong with any of those professions. Nothing wrong, but I wanted to do something different. And I, I went to a state teacher's college, got a degree in elementary education, and then realized 
I'm not that crazy about kids. What am I gonna do in elementary education? And uh, I went for my master's degree and I went to the DC area where you are mm -hmm. and got a master's from George Washington. Okay. In, in college administration. And I worked as a dean, a uh, student dean, um, you know, like housing and student okay. okay. uh, at schools I probably never could have gotten into. I worked at Brandeis University on the East Coast mm -hmm. and Pomona College on the West Coast. I love Pomona College. Uh, yeah, one of the Claremont Colleges, right? Yeah. Right. They're and one of my clients. I've worked there. Are they? Uh -huh. Are they? Yeah. I, I didn't love Claremont, California, but I loved the school. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I uh, had a chance to go back for my doctorate. Um, after I served there for about a year and went to UCLA, this is in the 70s, and got a doctorate in um, change management before change management was even a field. So I was there in the 70s and I wrote my doctoral thesis on career development in organizations, which no one really had looked at. And um, uh, thankfully, Prentice Hall came along and said, we think this is a book. Wow. I said, and that's how my career started. So for a career development person to say, I didn't plan my career, you all should know I didn't plan it. And, um, but the book kind of put me on the list as someone doing something unique mm -hmm. because I approached career development from a systems point of view. And, and I was an OD, I had an OD background, organization development. And right. um, one thing led to another and it grew and grew and grew until I had a global organization with a sales team and trainers around the world doing career development. And I learned through that, that one of the big reasons people do not stay in organizations is they don't see a future for themselves. And that um, got me to look at engagement and what is it that keeps people and what is it that drives them away? And that's what led to the love them or lose them book. Wow. That's, it's interesting because over the years we often hear different reasons people leave an organization and often people think money is the reason they leave. And of course we know that that's not true, but you have found that it's not, there's the lack of the future for somebody to grow within that organization. Right. Yeah. Right. Married but, my I'm sorry. I said it married my career work, mm -hmm. the engagement subject. Right. So um, that, and that excited me. Right. Now, I'm assuming one of the other things that kind of popped up in there are working with different difficult managers or different coworkers, things like that are probably up there as well for some of the reasons people leave an organization. Am I right? Oh, boy, are you? <laughs> you know, love them or lose them, 
we decided to organize it uh, around the alphabet to, because we had gotten so much data and we wanted this to be a do book, not a what book. And uh, in the alphabet, right, related to your question, J is for jerk. And the subtitle says, are you one? And when we did our research, we had exit interviews and we followed the exit interview person to their new organization. And we said, why did you really leave? And almost to a person, they said, my boss was a jerk and I could not stand it anymore. And they would not say that in an exit interview. Right, they would not. And we as good researchers said, tell us what you mean by the word jerk. And they gave us 55 jerkitudinal characteristics. Wait a minute, Let, let's get that word out there again. Jerkitudinal attributes. Characteristics. Right, now, all the different ways a boss could be a jerk. And when we teach this, because that's what we do, we teach it in, in organizations. The way we get managers interested is we say, have you ever worked for a jerk boss? Have you ever worked for someone who did these things? Everybody says yes. And then I ask for stories and the stories are great. And then I can say, and do you think you've ever been a jerk? And what jerk characteristics do you have? So it's a big, important part of learning. Uh, because on the other hand, I say to organizations, that's where my consulting is, what do you do with jerk behavior? Do you coach jerks or do you can them? Or do you let them be because they're bringing in dollars and they're making money for your organization? Mm -hmm. Yep. So that makes for a great conversation. It absolutely does. There was a situation in a training program one time. Uh, there was an employee who was being an absolute jerk in the training. And I won't go into the foul language it was used, of course. But I asked the leaders afterwards, why does this person continue to stay employed here? And they said, because she produces the best work. Then I asked, what is the turnover rate? And the turnover rate was high. And I said, do you think there's a correlation there? <laughs> so it's it's fascinating so let's let's kind of get into things a little bit you know what should leaders focus on uh, because we got retention engagement inclusion all that works together and you say that they should focus on those in tandem uh, in your book tell us about what you mean by how can we they work in tandem together because they sound like three very different ideas well they are and yet they support and nurture each other. Okay. Like um, it's hard to imagine me being really engaged and not feel included or to feel included and not be engaged. And so I think they're very, very uh, connected. Uh, and what we found in our research and the way we teach this, again, we have 26 chapters. On the latest um, 
edition, our publisher said, I want you to show inclusion and engagement and what the connect is. And we said, well, we already did that. It's in the D chapter, D for dignity. Treat your people with respect. And he said, much smarter than we were. No, I think it's in every chapter. I want you to show how inclusion and engagement connect. Okay. And uh, as we interviewed friends who were, you know, diversity thought leaders, and we said to them, which five of these chapters, A through Z, would you say most support inclusion? But you can't pick D for dignity because you, that's where you go. They all picked a different five. Wow. So okay. that taught us, wow, it is infiltrated in, into everything. Um, so it was a real learning for us. It's fascinating because most people think diversity and inclusion is something that is very recent as far as a topic of consideration, but it really is not. It's been around for a long time on Forever. multiple levels. Forever. So how does it all tie into employee retention? And, it, and let's, I'm going to tie on another question here. Employee retention is important, yet is it possible that an organization can retain so many of their employees that they become stagnant? Um, well, that's two different questions, but yes, on, exactly. the, um, on the stagnant thing, I think nowadays um, no one can afford to be stagnant. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one can say, I want to stay doing exactly what I'm doing. I love it. And I always stay doing exactly it without around the fringe of what they're doing, wanting to grow and mm -hmm. add more. I'm not saying leave what you love. I'm saying keep adding to it. Okay. Um, and um, around the mega model, we asked 20, 30,000 people, not um, why did you leave or why would you leave? We said, why do you stay? Okay. And that led us to write another book on the stay interview. Because that question, um, what can I do to keep you, is always asked at the exit interview when it's too late. The question, what can I do to keep you, should, should come be asked at the interview. <laughs> should be asked all the way through. Yeah. All the way through. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so I think what, what we found in our theory as we looked at it is that there are three things a manager has to do to hang on to great people. Number one, you have to have a, a growth mindset for your people. How can I grow them? And six or seven of the chapters fit with growth. Secondly, if you want to really keep your people, you had better be good at building the relationship itself. And several of the chapters fit into the relationship. And then thirdly, if you really want to keep people, you have to create a culture that people want to get up and come to. And another six or seven fit under culture. 
So that's how we're able to teach this by clustering mm -hmm. and explaining those things and letting every individual know that it's different to every person. You know, that, that right there, let's go back. I want to make sure we address that. There is no silver bullet and it is different for every single person, not even every industry or every company, but, or even within the organization, right. it's every person exactly. has their own uniqueness. Exactly. It's almost so, like a fingerprint or a DNA. Right. So here's a hint for your listeners. Okay. Um, get the table of contents of love them or lose them. I'm sure it's on the, the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure it's on Amazon. Take that table of contents and show it to each one of your employees and say, which one of these things, A through Z, which two or three of them do you want me to do more of? So I can keep you with my organization. And that will give you your marching orders. And, and if you buy the book and you read those three chapters, you'll get a ton more ideas for what you might do. Yeah. And that's, that's so powerful because we've got to start realizing today's world, people can work anywhere. Right. And their job skills are easily transferable today. So why should they stay? You know, uh, it goes back a little bit with Jim Collins's book, get the right people on the bus, get them in the right seats. We got to have them so that they at least feel like they're part of something. So we all like something larger. And so that comes back again to, you know, the growth mindset, but also your relationships as well as your culture concept. Right. You know, and that's kind of what the TLC model is about teamwork, leadership and culture, because they all come together. And so, what I would add to Jim Collins' right people, right bus, right seat is that if you make all the seats attractive in different ways, mm -hmm. then there's no one right seat for anybody. Right. And, and then they can be moved around in different seats, which allows them to continue their growth mindset. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's and that's the theme of... Another book, Up is Not the Only Way, that oh, I Oh, I believe in lateral moves all the time, because I believe a lateral move can be an upward move. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Um, when we talk about employee retention, a lot has happened in the last 12, 18 months, and there have been companies that have struggled and had to let people go. There have been people that have left. There've been all kinds of things that have changed. What have you noticed in the areas of retention in the last, through this pandemic period? We'll just call it that. Um, again, it sounds trite. It's all about the manager employee connect. The relationship. It's all about the relationship. Yep. A and um, for any of your listeners, on my website, bevk.com, I have a-, a, let's, a let's go ahead and tell folks this right now. It's B-E-V-K-A-Y-E.com. Right. Okay, I wanna make sure everybody gets that. Okay. Easy. And there is a list of 26 actions you can take to connect with your employees 
when you're remote. So you get a choice A through Z of conversation starters because I think employees want to be known and want to be asked how they're doing in different ways by their leaders. Right. You can't ask, hey, how's your day? How was your weekend? Every single Monday. You can't do that. Right. You've got to right. mix it up because otherwise you're going to sound like you're going to sound like a robot. Right. And that just does not fit. So why is retention important today for the, for the country? I mean, if we start looking about it, why should organizations care about it? Because there's enough talent pool out there. Why should they care about it? And, and that right there is probably the answer. Um, there is talent out there. And now in the new talent war, the talent has options. And um, I think that companies have to grow their talent and show their talent that there's a future there within the organizational boundaries. So in other words, I'd say to any recruiter on this call, uh, look within your organizational boundaries for the talent your organization needs before you look outside. Okay. And I think that's critical. And I think um, talent will, good talent will win you that next, you know, RFP or that next product you have to build. And, okay. um, and you want that talent to stay. What are employees looking for today? Are they looking towards, are they looking for the, 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 the packages? You know, 35, 40 years ago, people said, what kind of a pension program do you have? What do you do for this? What do you, how important are those? What are employees looking for today? Well, there's a, um, a chapter in the book, the okay. N chapter, N is for numbers. And, and it says, um, which is more important, praise or pay? And of course, just as you said, it is praise and not generic praise. Good Correct. job, you did that well, but really specific because that's what helps somebody grow. It's here's what I loved that you did in that report mm -hmm. that I haven't seen in any other report you've done. That then, I double click on that as an employee when I hear that. Okay. So it's critical, you know, I know that you talk about TLC um, and I talk about love. So we're on the same wavelength. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the questions I've uh, asked in my workshops over the years, and I'm curious if you have ever asked this question in some of your research, is what are three traits of the best boss they've ever had? And it's amazing when I ask that, I never get anything about the task or the work that they did. It's always about how they, exactly what you just talked about. 
Did they recognize me? They, they, they gave me opportunities. They listened to me. They empowered me. All those things about what a manager did for them. Right. And it's right. so powerful to look at that. And then I, I have a fun with them. I'll have them close their eyes and I'll say, okay, if your best boss were to call you, whether you're working for him or her today, and if they were to call you and offer you a position the money was right, the location was right, and the work was right, would you go? And over 90% of the people in the room raised their hands. Yeah. I'm out of here. Right. Because they got that best boss. Right. And how many people have ever followed a best boss? My late wife followed her best boss twice. Wow. And he made a move because of corporate changes. And then wow. the company, that happened a number of times. She stayed with the people. She didn't stay with the company. Right, right. And that's no, so that's powerful. Big quote, you stay for the people mm -hmm. much more than you stay for the company. Yes. I mean, the company might pull you in if you really value what it does. But then it's the people and your boss and the people around you. Mm -hmm that make the fit fit. I think I know the answer to this next question, but if we go back and look, you've been around, you, you've, you did your doctoral thesis back in the seventies, you know, so we've got a lot of years that we've got things in here and they've all changed somewhat over the years, but what has stood the test of time in, in being able to engage uh, employees and be able to retain employees, uh, everything in that direction, what has stood the test of time? You know, my mind goes to one word and that's love. And then it goes to your TLC. And, and I say in the back of the book, um, admit it, you love them, even if you don't use that word. They are your loyal, your hardworking team, um, and they want to do their best for you, and they will, provided you see the connect um, between what they do and what you offer. What are some ways that leaders today in a pandemic world, remote working world, what are some ways that you have seen organizations, some of your clients do, um, to really kind of do exactly what you're talking about here, uh, to engage their people, love their people, things of that nature in this remote world? What are the things that you've actually seen done? Hmm. I remember one manager, he had a team of five and he had everybody come on the Zoom call and bring, um, something that they have on their desk that they have there for a reason. Wherever on their work desk working, or their new home desk? Their new home desk. Okay. Wherever they're working. And explain what it is. And explain, you know, why it's there. And it just built a connect between everybody. Yeah. A and it was such an uh, it was just a little throwaway, could be throwaway question, but he gave them an hour to talk about that thing on their desk, right? what it meant. 
Yeah. And that's a, not such a hard thing to do. But no, it, it's funny because I think all of us have that. Mm-hmm. And I've got two things on my desk that Tell come to mind. Tell. You're reaching for yours too. I am. I've got two things on my desk. desk. One is this little Fred Flintstone. Because whenever I feel like I have to talk to somebody and I'm in a Zoom call or I'm on a call where I'm just speaking into the the camera, I pretend I'm talking to Fred Flintstone. And the other is my compass. Uh Because it has to keep me on track. Uh Uh-huh. Those and are the two I things have, that are right here. I have a set of, of bookends, an A and, a Z. and a Z. I love it. And then I remember, am I doing A through Z in my own office with my own awesome. team? That and is awesome. Sometimes, you know, I'm going to put a note out on our podcast um, Facebook group, which, again, I just want to take a moment and tell everybody about. We've got a Facebook group called the Teamwork Advantage. I invite you to join in on that, join the conversation. I'm actually going to put a post out there when uh, this airs uh, about your A to Z concept and put that out there so that people can share what's on their desk, keeping them focused and keeping them on track. I think that'll be a great way to keep people engaged. That's great. Yeah. Good. That, that, that's a great one. I love being able what's on your desk. That's a great idea there. Um, what can someone do today? Again, because we're in a pandemic world, uh, how can they position themselves for either a lateral or an upwardly move uh, within their organization? Is there something that employees can do today? And let's get away from the manager side. Is, is there something there? I'd say check it out before you really covet that move because sometimes what we think would be a great position Mm -hmm. uh, is not so great. So I'd say interview people who do it, learn more about it Mm -hmm. and, and really think it through before you set your sights on it. And I think Build colleagueship because it is colleagueship uh, that will build your network and tell you when a position comes open and good colleagues look out for each other. And that is probably never been more true. And when you're talking about this, we're not talking about colleagues on social media. We're talking about real colleagueship as far as people you can reach out to and have a real conversation with, talk to them about, share your feelings about what's going on. Am I, am I on the right page there? You are, you okay. are. That's so powerful. You know, I, there's so much that we can go into here. Um, are there anything else? Uh, are there, boy, listen to my English there, folks. Is there anything else uh, in the A to Z concept that kind of comes to mind that is kind of relevant in today's world? Um. You know, we we do surveys on this. Um, You know, the eye for information Mm -hmm. in a remote world uh, blew up because people want to know. Uh, They want to know about when are we going back? Are we going back? What's happening 
on the sides of me and, you know, um, and, and remotely, then it makes it harder for me to get that information, harder for me to be on the grapevine. So I'd say sharing information, the I chapter. I think the, um, the G chapter, G is for goals. And the S on the end of the word is the most important letter in the word goal, meaning multiple goals. Right. Set your sights on just one thing. Okay. Um, so, you know, each one and maybe that idea I just gave your audience, open up the table of contents and just ask which one is most important to you. Uh, and let them tell you which, and then I'd say, then move to the A word, ask, 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 ask. For more well, my, my philosophy has always been simple. The answer is no until you ask. Right. It may still be no, right. but at least you ask. Right, exactly. That is so powerful to think about in that direction. I mean, I'm going to sit down and go through the A to Z list without Good. a doubt. Um, and by the way, I, I want to make sure, I think if I'm not mistaken here, the A to Z can apply in a work environment as well as in our personal lives. Am I right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Again, I, I like to talk about that because TLC is not, teamwork leadership culture is not just about work. It's not right. just about pleasure. It's, it's the combination because today we're all working more. Uh, let's face it. Yes, working from home, we tend to be, there are more people working longer hours. Right. And that's leading to burnout. Are you noticing any trends in burnout right now in organizations? Um, yes, yes. A hundred million times, yes. Uh, you know, and I wonder just for myself, um, I used to fly almost every week someplace in the country. Yep. And I haven't flown in a year and yet I'm overwhelmed with to do's uh -huh. and how did that ha I, I thought i had all that extra flying time that now i have to myself but i don't i think every client i talk to um when we start the conversation says something about their own burnout and their own overwhelm so big so Let's now look at this. What can a manager do to make sure his or her employees are not hitting burnout? Um, one, take note uh, of people who are usually have a smile part of the day, at least that have no smile. You know, I walked out into my office um, and I have two full-time people and I asked them the question, what task do I give you that makes you groan? And um, that was a great discussion because I could see immediately a transfer of some duties that what made one person groan didn't make the other person groan. So it was just a, like a five minute conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's what it took. It's fascinating that a simple five minute conversation can actually change behaviors like that. Right. And it's so powerful. Um, 
have a thing. And one, one more question here is because we're going to try and wrap things up. But one of the things that have always been high on my bucket list, not bucket list, I guess, but priority list is onboarding employees. So once we've interviewed folks and we're onboarding them and getting them up to speed with our policies, procedures, all that normal stuff, you know, you set them up with a computer, you set them up with a desk. Again, with the pandemic world, it's changed a little bit. What have you noticed as far as organizations doing to make sure their onboarding process is still seamless? So I hate to keep mentioning chapters in the book, but the that's H, what you should do. Absolutely. <laughs> the H chapter is for hire. Okay. And I, what I believe about that hire is you have to re-recruit immediately. You have to not think, God, I got this new person, put them into this place, move on. You've got to be re-recruiting them and you've got to know what it is is important. And you've got to do those check-ins and you've got to ask that person um, that the stay uh, interview question. Right. Like, what is it that's going to keep you on this mm -hmm. with me? Right. In, in relating to onboarding, though, we have to get them some things in that. Are, are you seeing changes in the way organizations are doing that? Well, number one, they're doing it all remotely. Right. And for many, remote is working. Mm -hmm. I think what's hard is when I bring on a remote, uh, a remote employee, hire a remote employee, that we're, we must pay attention to getting that employee connected with others. There we are. Because now you don't walk by anybody's desk. But remote employees who are on boarding now feel really alone. Yeah, they, they feel like they're in their own silo if we're not careful. Right, right. Okay, so it's right. important we try and get them engaged as quickly as possible with people. Exactly. Uh, do you see people, organizations setting up mentorships or partnerships with other employees so they, they make a forced connection that way? Absolutely, absolutely. Good. And I think it's critical. Well, let's talk again. The book is called Love Them or Lose Them, Getting Good People, okay, Getting Good People to Stay. And it's sixth edition. So definitely want to make sure people get the sixth edition. If you've got a first or second edition, go get the sixth edition because <laughs> things have changed. I mean, by, bottom line is things change about every five minutes in this world if we're not careful. That's right. That's right. Especially from the technology side right. of things. Dr. K, it has been an absolute privilege to have you here on our uh, podcast. Um, folks want to reach out to you. The best way to find you again is through your website called Bev K. That's K-A-Y-E dot com they could reach out and uh ping you with questions along the way i'm sure you'll be happy to help them out thank you folks the teamwork advantage offers impactful ideas that you can use immediately and bev gave us some great ideas today until next week remember that having a good day is just being average when you listen to the teamwork advantage we know you're not average dr k thanks again for joining us here on the teamwork advantage we appreciate it go out and make today an excellent and exceptional day. Bye-bye. This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit teamsrock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com.
Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the teamwork advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average. 